And what is up, everybody? Welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 167. We're doing a little football season recap, looking at kind of the entirety of the season. Going to do some top five lists, just some thoughts on the overall season, uh, update on our Texas Tech bowl game, and some transfer portal roster news as well as uh, diving into some basketball games as we had a rough one uh, last night as we are recording this on a Thursday. Uh, To catch everything that we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, make sure you're following us. Follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, write us a review. We always appreciate those. Also, Follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Also, go give our YouTube channel a follow. We are 199 subscribers right now. Somebody go be that 200th. I don't like to beg for people to follow us, but please get us up over that 200 mark. Uh, We're one away from it. We're always posting clips from each week's episodes. We'll be posting some of these top fives, uh, some basketball thoughts as well for everybody. Um, so follow that YouTube channel, subscribe to it, uh, to catch all those videos. And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate comments, questions, or anything, email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Texas Tech's regular season is over. Uh, Last week, we recapped the Oklahoma game. Now we've had a chance to kind of sit on it a little bit, think back highly on the season, a 7-5 and season in Joey McGuire's first season as head coach for the Red Raiders. So we're going to kind of do some recapping here um, in this segment after we discuss the bowl game. But Dustin, just kind of first off, man, just your thoughts on the season now that we've had some time to just kind of ponder it, seeing All-Americans, seeing honors, players leaving, and all that stuff. Just what are your thoughts on this first season of the Joey McGuire era? Successful. It was yeah. good. I mean, it has highs and lows, but with where you've been before, but you can kind of see an upward trajectory from here. Whereas before we were kind of like, nah, but we don't know about next year. We can kind of see an upward movement with this coaching staff and this group. And I think it's very successful. You had a great attendance. That was yeah. a plus. You did a lot of things for the first time in over a decade, especially a great home record. Beat Texas and OU the same year. You had a winning home record. You had winning Big 12 uh, yeah. percentage record. You haven't done that in a long time. Like You did a lot of six, and you played three quarterbacks throughout the year in four games. Yeah. <laughs> like You had a lot of things to deal with also. And I think it was very successful and I I'm looking forward to Joey's first off season after a after season. I know he, we had yeah. him pretty early last year and he had an off season, but his first kind of mid, between years off season and see what he can do. Yeah. Like you said, this is his first real off season. Cause now people have seen the product. Yeah. And so now you're not just selling 
guys on a thought or, or words. Now you've proved it. And yeah, it's as successful as a first year head coach and what we've been dealing with could possibly have. Like we've been down for so long and kind of in that bottom, that pit of irrelevance and to be relevant again and to be in the top half of the Big 12 to beat Texas, to beat Oklahoma on your first year, going through three different quarterbacks, what three different quarterbacks started four games for you this season. (laughs) So you had a lot of linemen, offensive linemen rotating in and out as well. Yeah, and you had Tyree Wilson go down with, you know, still two games to play. You've had, you know, Malik Dunlap, guys, you know, miss games because of injuries, and you were still able to compete. I think, like, one of the things I always look for is, is like, do we get blown out? And no, right. we didn't get blown out of any nope. game this season. Some of them fell Even apart. Even the Baylor the game that quarter. looks like a blowout, yeah. we were right in there until the third quarter. Fourth quarter in that game, you were a possession away and, you know, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, like a lot of these games, you were in it. You didn't get blown out once. Totally. Um, You competed every single game. You gave yourself a chance to win. And that's just something we haven't had here in a long time to have a team that competes all the way through the game. And that was just encouraging to see. It was. You got seven wins. You beat teams that maybe you weren't supposed to beat. You had some upsets, which was nice. You didn't just beat the teams that were no. worse than you. You beat some teams that might have been better than you, like Texas. Uh, yeah. You know, and so just a lot of positive things, a lot of things to build on as he heads into his first full off season yep. here at Texas Tech with his first season under his belt, bowl season. So able to get more practicing in. Just Bowling. Loads and loads of positives, and as Tech fans, we have to be feeling as good as you felt about this program in a long time. And this is one of the best defenses you've seen in the last 20 years. Like It's yeah. definitely top three. I mean, you can go in arguments or whatever, but it's definitely one of those top three type defenses um, that we've ever had. I mean, the fact that you're able to win at Iowa State 14 to 10, yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous and amazing. And past teams definitely couldn't have done that. But you had a great defense. You have a first or second team, whatever you want to look at, All-American on a, on the D-line. You haven't had that ever, you know, in yeah. this, like, new era, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if I can name a, a D-lineman over the last – Decade of football that's that's been good <laughs> that's been that yeah, good that's even been uh all-american in any level uh yeah i think like in 2008 you had brandon williams who was really good and i can't remember he if he had all-american honors or second team or something like yeah. that he was he was really good and went pro but he's the last guy yeah. that i can think of defensive lineman that panned yeah. out you know you had fahoka who was supposed to be kind of that but never really panned out here yeah. so um, but yeah, so a lot of encouraging things. Texas Tech is set to play in the Tax Act Bowl. Big tax guy here. Um, oh, yeah, so, you probably love this. Uh, I don't even know what Tax Act really does. Uh, so I might have to. I do my taxes into. through them, I think. Like it's just online okay. tax service. Uh, just uh, those taxes, not like a uh, home. Yeah, not uh, your stuff. Home, not not the kind of Indi- individuals and individual all tax that. stuff. Okay, uh, but we're playing in the Tax Act Bowl on December twenty eighth in Houston, Texas, against the Old Miss Fighting Kiffins. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, that's a fun matchup there. Uh, a lot of discussion online about how Tech probably deserved the Cheez It Bowl. 
And I think we did. So Dustin, I'll kick it over to you. Just your thoughts. Let's start there with the Cheez-It Bowl sure. and then we'll get into the actual kind of bowl game first. What are your thoughts on Tech getting kind of skipped over for a six and six Oklahoma team? Uh honestly, I don't care. Right. And, and here's why. <clears throat> a lot of the if you're not in the playoffs or the New Year six big time bowls. I don't really care. The tiers aren't like they used to be. Right. Oh, bigger bowl is Liberty Bowl and cheese it. And then the next one is this. And now that we have like these huge bowls and then everybody else, that's kind of how I see it. So all I'm looking for now and all these bowls should be looking for when I think this is why it went this direction is what fan base is going to come to us. Um, location who's excited to be around. And so I wanted the whole time, one of these bowls in the state of Texas. I didn't necessarily want the cheese at bowl because it's in Orlando. I know that's a great experience for those players and whatnot. And we get to jump cheese. It's on Joey McGuire, but I'd rather be at this uh, Texas bowl in Houston with a sold out Texas tech fan base. Yeah. That's going to be there. (laughs) Like, we're going to have that place hopping. It's going to be crazy. And you wouldn't have gotten that in Orlando. So the fact right. that you can get a home field advantage at one of these is great. I don't, yeah. I think it does suck and looks terrible on the cheese bowl, picking Oklahoma and skipping over a couple teams or at least us, Oklahoma state Baylor. I think right. they skipped three schools to pick. Yeah. That's where it gets a little, little fishy is like, you didn't skip just like one. You skipped a few so that's on them i'm glad we didn't get picked for it personally and i'm glad we ended up in houston at a bowl in texas yeah i you know i don't really care about the bowl what bowl we're in either it's not like that big big a deal what i care about is the matchup is it a fun matchup is it a good team is it something that gets me excited and i think that's what you got here do I feel a little disrespected by the cheese it bowl? I think, yeah, I do. I think they obviously went for the name brand of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and that was clearly obvious as they skipped, like we said, three schools to have that team. Um, and so there's a little bit of disrespect that I feel there, That's but you know, I, you know, I've never been a big fan of cheese. It's anyway, it's an inferior cheese snack oh, to a lot whatever. of, it's amazing. A lot of different cheese snacks out there. Um, but, you know, I, that's the only thing I've, I, I'm upset about. And, and then it came out like Rabbit was talking about how the players were looking forward to possibly going to Florida. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, this is for the players. This is an experience yeah. for them, a chance for them to go possibly play somewhere else against a team that you don't normally match up with. And you get the whole bowl kind of weak experience. And they would have got some pretty cool experiences in Orlando, <laughs> Florida. Um, you know, Big 12 territory now. Uh, and and would have had a good time there and so that's the that's the where I kind of feel upset is just I feel like these players kind of got gypped on a really cool opportunity for them but at the same time they're gonna have a pretty cool opportunity getting play in front of a big Texas Tech crowd in Houston lots of Texas Tech alumni there it's easy to get to just a flight away and so it'll be packed. They'll they'll feel pretty good about themselves when they run out to, onto that field. And there's a lot of red and black throughout the crowd. So 
on to the actual bowl game. Your thoughts on matching up with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss in this tax act bowl in Houston. I like it. You had Ole Miss rolling early in the year. They were in the top 10 and then they have had not such a good second half of the season. Uh, yeah. so you're kind of catching them on the low while we're coming up. I mean, we're on a three game win streak. We're feeling good about ourselves. And I think we have more momentum. I think we're also going to have the better. Uh, how, do, how do you put this? Like the transfer portal is not going to affect us as much in this game. And I think yeah, it will think. miss. Like we're going to have more of our roster intact and depth chart intact. That's where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll miss a little more high profile recruits and depth chart and players. And some of them are going to be leaving. So they're not going to have their normal round of guys. Um, I know we got a few out, but. That's gonna. It's gonna be a great matchup, and I also think they're not gonna travel as well as we are for sure, either. So I think you got a really good advantage going to that stadium, momentum, fan base, you know, the energy of just Joey McGuire himself. <laughs> yeah, the energy the season has injected in this program definitely warrants a big crowd there in Houston, and yeah, it's a fun matchup. Uh, yeah. Anytime you get a face off with Lane Kiffin on the other side, that's kind of a high profile matchup uh Ole Miss is obviously one of those kind of topper top tier of the SEC so you get to go up against you know some of those those teams that in the SEC that have this high like people think Ole Miss can just come into the Big 12 and win the Big 12 and it's an opportunity to prove where the Big 12 is at so you have a big chance here to to prove yourself kind of like you did last year with a win over Mississippi State um and like you said as we've seen the transfer portal and stuff expire, like you haven't really seen any of your big name guys hit that portal yet. So you're feeling like you're going to have the majority of your team. Now, obviously Tyree Wilson won't be playing in the game, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's an exciting matchup. It's fun. There's going to be a lot of fun tech tailgates going. I know gambling gauchos is doing something. Rambling Raiders will be doing something. So if you're able to make it to the game, go hang out, meet some of the great Texas tech podcast people that are out there. A lot of the Texas Tech Twitter people will be there. Dustin, are you going to be able to make it to Houston? I'm not uh, going to go. I have a work thing in Austin the next weekend. And Houston, while it's in Texas, is also nine hours away from Lubbock. So that's yeah. not close. <laughs> yeah, so it is. A very I'm not going to make two us. long trips to down the south side of Texas in the same like two-week span. Yeah, if this was a weekend game, I could maybe have made this work, but December 28th falls on a Wednesday, and um, that just isn't isn't going to be easy for me to make because I am transitioning into a, a new job, and uh, that will be my last week at my at my new at my my job right now. And so I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it there, unfortunately. But you know, if you are there. Uh, go go hang out with Red Raider Nation, have some drinks for us, take some shots for us, have a good time, yeah. uh, enjoy that. And, of course, as the bowl game gets closer, uh, we will be breaking it down, uh, you know, a little bit more on that. So uh, before we touch on Transfer Portal and Roster News, we thought we would take a look back on some of our favorite moments from the season, favorite plays and all that. So we got some top five f- for you guys this week. Uh, look back on some of the best things that happened. So we're going to start off, Dustin. Let's start off on the defensive side of the ball. Talk yeah. about it. One of the top defenses to, that Tech has seen, especially in the last decade. 
Um, and so lots of moments that they provided us. So let's start off at number five, your top five, your fifth Texas Tech defensive play of the year goes to. Yeah, so like preface, I was texting you today, like the defensive side was way easier for my memory to recollect what happened this year and bigger plays yeah. stuck out on their side of the ball than our offensive side of the ball, you know. That's not typical. Texas Tech usually were the explosive offense, but this year we were the explosive defense. Uh, my number five this year is going to be Kosai Eldridge. Interception versus Kansas right before halftime. Yeah. And we thought – and it was like at the goal line or something, and we thought it wouldn't mean anything. And then in 10 seconds we get two plays down the field and get a field goal, so we turn – their three points into our three points. And that's what I love to see is t- taking turnovers yeah. away. And that also it was a close game at that point right before half. So that yeah. also put us up six. So that was a big, got the turnover. You took points away, got points, big little flip in that game. So Kosai Eldridge gets my number five right there. All right. I, I did some kind of like cheating on this. Cause I, you know, I, so my number five is the back-to-back fourth down stops against oh. Iowa state. That's your in, fifth in the goal line. I yeah. got that way higher. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my fifth. Um, I've I've got you know three pretty good ones, or at least four pretty good ones, I think. But yeah, that that's my fourth. Those back to back stops or fifth. That's my fifth back to back stops against Iowa State on fourth down inside the ten yard line on each yep. one at the two every at time at the two, and so able to get those stops, which was huge. Uh, especially in that game where scoring was limited. So number four, uh, I'll start off with my yeah. number four, and then we'll I'm go sure back we're going to have it. a lot of overlapping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there is like a handful of these plays. My my number four is kind of in the same thing. It's the West Virginia turnover party, um, <laughs> where you had four turnovers in that game. You had three interceptions. Um, you had uh, one forced fumble. It was your highest turnover game of the season and you also held West Virginia uh to what like 10 points in that game so um that I just kind of wanted to shout out because that was a really fun game defensively and your biggest turnover game of the season so that was my number four on to you number four is versus Oklahoma rabbit with the interception in the second quarter against Dylan Gabriel and again we took yeah, a turnover inside our own zone and turned it into points as we turned that into a touchdown later on. And that was sandwiched in between a couple other touchdowns to help kind of lead that second quarter comeback. So that yep. was a huge pick right there by Rabbit. Yep, it was. And go on to your number three, your top three defensive My number play. three is the back-to-back goal line stands versus Iowa State. That's something we haven't seen in a while. Our D-line yeah. and linebackers be able to – hold their own for that many run plays inside the two and three yard line. And so that was pretty awesome. Three straight runs by Iowa State. I was pumped and hyped up for that. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of things to get hyped for in that game, but those back-to-back stops were uh, things that got me out of my seat. My number three was what your number four was, is is Rabbits. uh, Adrian Taylor Demerson's pick of Dylan Gabriel to give Tech the ball back there kind of at the end of half. And like you said, you were able to punch it in and it kind of sparked your comeback in that game. And especially on a team that, you know, didn't create a whole lot of turnovers. That was a huge one and really kind of flipped the script in that game. 
Um, my number two play of the season goes to Josiah Pierre and Jalen Hutchings when Josiah Pierre strips Kansas quarterback mm. Jason Bean and Jalen Hutchings recovers the fumble. Yeah. And that ensured the Texas Tech victory okay. as in that game at that point, Kansas had the ball just down eight points and had a chance to go and tie the game. Yep. And you end up getting that turnover and scoring on it. And that game was over right then. So like yeah. we've talked about all the time, it's like great time turnovers and then being able to score off it. And he had that right there. So that was my number two. What about you? That was my honorable mention. My number okay. two is going back to the Oklahoma game. The knockout hit on All right, yeah. quarterback, but at the time, wide receiver, Dylan Gabriel <laughs> in overtime by Reggie Pearson. You know, they tried to get get cute and run a little throwback to their quarterback, and they got it at a price. Yeah, And Gabriel yeah, took a them. huge shot from Pearson, and then their next two plays, their backup and their offense couldn't do anything. And you could say that cost them that overtime and maybe that yeah. game win. Yeah, ends up forcing them to settle for the field goal that they miss. You go on and win. All right, Dustin. So your number one defensive play, I think I know. I think it's gonna be our number one. I think it's gonna be both of ours here. Yeah. It is the Bijan fumble in overtime. Yep. First play of overtime. Texas is just, you know, we're gonna hand it off to the best running back of the year. He just won Doak Walker earlier today. And Kershawn Merriweather had other ideas. Plays right. big hit, gets it, gets it out. He's a guy that doesn't fumble that much. And Texas game and overtime was over right there. Yeah. Yeah, that was the no doubt number one. No when doubt. I was thinking of this, I just knew that was my number one. I had to fill in yeah. the rest behind it. But, yeah, the biggest play, especially a team that's not able to force a whole lot of turnovers and to force a turnover for that guy on the first play in overtime after they had just tied the game. You know, and you're kind of feeling down about yourself. Boom, immediately um, get that fumble, set you up for the win. So, Creshawn Merriweather and Reggie Pearson was on the other end of that. He recovered that fumble. Yep. Uh, so, shout out to those guys for the number one defensive play of the year. Tailgate Talk certified and approved on that play. Uh, anything that helps you us beat Texas is probably going to be at the top. I figure we'll be. Uh, revisiting that game a lot. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. And Dustin had a hard time start, here. <laughs> might have had a hard time here. I I I had about six or seven plays, and so I kind of narrowed it down to these five. But let's start off with you and your number five offensive play of the year. I went with Sir Roderick Thompson versus Kansas, a thirty-six yard untouched run up the middle. We didn't have a lot of. Uh, long runs on the year. Yeah. So to get a, a Sarad 36er for a touchdown early in that game puts you up by two scores. It was really nice, good run there. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that was a play I considered. Uh, outside looking in for me, my number five is the Donovan crosses over the defender against nice. Oklahoma for the I touchdown run. Because that was just such a little sick play. Rewatching it. Because in the stadium, you didn't realize how good a juke it was until oh, I rewatched it. I did, but yeah. On replay, I knew it was a good better. juke, but like he like juked twice and just completely put that guy. It was a basketball. It was Allen Iverson crossover on a football field. Um, it was just really cool. Got in on the end zone, a touchdown that we needed at the time. Um, cool play for, for me. So that gets the nod on my number five. My number four 
And unfortunately, it wasn't a game we won, but oh. I can't not mention big play Trey Cleveland. Yes, thank you. I can't not mention him. His catch against Kansas State where the defender was holding on to his arm, yeah. pass interfered, caught the ball with his other hand, and then drugged the dude another 15 yards. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'm not taking anything else into consideration under this, just – an incredible play by him and he made some pretty incredible plays for you this season, but that was the one that stood out to me the most, just the determination to make that catch. And then the drag the guy on his back for another 15 yards was pretty cool. Unfortunate you weren't able to do anything with it, but um, that was one of my favorite plays from him this year. So Dustin, your number four play. Yeah. I'm glad you got the catch Cleveland in there. Um, I had a hard time remembering a lot of plays. Uh, I went with a lot of winning games. So, I'm going to go with another receiver and Jaron Bradley, who is starting to rack up some awards. Um, Also that has kind of was like eye opening. He's getting freshman awards. I'm like, Oh, Oh, (laughs) he's only only a freshman. Awesome. I don't think he played enough games last year to, so we got to redshirt him. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So I got him with a 44 yard touchdown pass against Oklahoma from Shuck put you up in the fourth quarter up seven um again kind of like my Sirajic play you didn't have a lot of deep shots (laughs) this year so when you get one in the game (laughs) you win against Oklahoma I gotta put it in there (laughs) yeah yeah I agree that was all that was an outside looking in for me as well as one that I kind of debated there um at like that fourth fifth spot but yeah good good plays there your number three play of the year for the offense well, number three, going back to Oklahoma, lots of Oklahoma games in here, but there are yeah. lots of good plays in there. Is quarterback to quarterback. Yeah. Shuck to Donovan Smith in the end zone. Touchdown. We have not loved the two quarterback plays in system this year. And it usually led to just a Donovan Smith, you know, quarterback draw somehow. Yeah. And this time we actually put him in motion. And they left him uncovered. And fun fact, he was a wide receiver in high school for most of his career. So he had no problem catching a touchdown pass against Oklahoma. That was a very nice drawn-up play by Kitley. Yeah, that that Donovan Smith, two quarterback package, worked well as two of our top plays of the yeah. season have come from that game uh, and that formation. My uh, number three is Shuck to Cup. Uh, for the touchdown to go ahead and beat Iowa State on the road. Um, it was a four-yard touchdown pass, but it was a great catch by Baylor Cup. And honestly, won the game. The That's all that matters. Won the game on a game where you couldn't score touchdowns, but it was also one of your only tight end catches of the season. So yeah, <laughs> on your much-heralded tight end room. Um, but it was a nice catch from Baylor Cup, helped you win a game that got you bowl eligible. So uh, a, a very important catch um, on the season and a big win there. So my number two uh, is going to be heading back to Donovan Smith and wow. his walk-off touchdown run against Houston uh, to win the game in overtime. Uh, That is my number two play. Um, Obviously it was a huge win at the time, you know, Houston was ranked and uh, you go to overtime and you get that job done a huge win there. So Donovan Smith gets my nod for number two, Dustin, your number two play of the season on offense. My number two 
it's kind of going to be a twofer. But I'm going to have to go to the kicking game for this one. And the kicker himself, Trey Wolf, Mr. Ice Cold, can't ice him. And the reason I'm saying it's a twofer is overtime kicks against Texas and Oklahoma to seal the game. Those are not – they might have been nice yardage kicks, but with how much pressure is on in that circumstance, those are not easy kicks. So for that whole group to get good snap, hold, kick through the middle – Great job. And like we mentioned in the past few weeks, like never been iced. Couldn't yeah, do it. <laughs> couldn't be iced. I want to make like a TikTok or something with, with Trey Wolf and people trying to smirn off ice him. But every time he's like, he snuffs out he that he's it. about to get iced or something. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't ice Trey Wolf. I think that would be a funny little video. Somebody, somebody had to get Trey that. in there. Yeah, somebody with that. Um, I'll be mentioning Trey later on in this, but um, all right, Dustin, your number one, your best Again, offensive play of the season. I think we might have the same one here. It's Donovan Smith's overtime run versus Texas to win the game. Just broken play, scampers through the middle, and the orange C parted open for him, and he scampered through the end zone. For the touchdown and the ball game. Well, we won that game on a field goal kick. That was your tying tying play? No. Um I don't think he had I think you're thinking about the Houston game because he won he won on a touchdown run in the Houston game and Trey Wolf. Oh, that is the one I'm thinking of. That you had at number two. Yeah, you're right. I just have my games yeah. mixed up. I got the player. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, there's a lot of overtime games, Dustin, so yeah, no it's joke. easy to get those mixed up. But play was yeah, right, not- team was wrong. Yeah. Win game winning walk in Donovan's. My my number one also comes from the Houston game. Again, it's not the touchdown run there. It is the fourth and twenty. It is the fourth and oh, twenty. God, where we thought the game was over and Donovan Smith finds <sighs> an open Jaron Bradley to complete the fourth down, which felt like Dustin, we were right there thinking like this game was over. There is no way you can convert no. on a fourth and twenty. You're able to do that. And then you go on to win the game. And I wonder if I, I this is such a pivotal game because if you lose that game to Houston, how does your season end up going? Because well, and, that, and you don't get that experience of how yeah. you come back against them and then win that overtime. How do you do against Texas when you fall down? Like Yeah. So that ability to feel like that game was over multiple times and oh, somehow yeah. come out with that fourth and twenty conversion tie the game, go win the game. Um, that play, I feel like a lot of the rest of your season uh, is because you were able to convert on that. So uh, Donovan Smith gets a lot of nods for uh, top plays yeah. of the season uh, as he was. Uh, despite some of his flaws, still electric whenever he had the ball in his hands and made multiple things happen for us. So now let's move on to Just our like Donovan, though, We had a yeah. running play, a passing play, and a receiving play. Yep. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So now let's move on to top five moments. So this doesn't have to just be wins or plays or whatever. Top five moments of this season. Dustin, as always, the fifth moment for you this year. My fifth was the West Virginia ass-kicking, just in general. We didn't have very many games this year that were not pressure-packed. This was one of them. 
we were able to go in there, take care of business real early. And it was really fun to watch us just kick ass and keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> just have JT Daniels, just, you know, spin cycle of turnovers. And so it was a very nice, fun, relaxing game to watch. Yeah, don't have didn't have a lot of those, uh, a lot of <laughs> overtime wins, a lot of thrilling wins. So it, it was definitely nice to kick some ass against West Virginia and Neil Brown, um, who looks like he might be there for another year. So uh, yeah, another ass whooping incoming. Um, <laughs> my fifth moment will go to the Iowa State win. Not a pretty game, mm. but got you that bowl eligibility. Got exactly. you that sixth win, uh, which was huge. To start off the Joey McGuire era, reaching bowl eligibility uh, for back-to-back years. And so just uh, – and, and you won in Ames. You, you don't have a whole lot of wins in Ames over the last several years. Um, yeah. And to get that win over a program that kind of had passed you for a little bit um, <laughs> was was really sweet. Uh, my number fourth moment is is going to be a personal one, and that's just going to be tailgating with Red Raider Nation. <laughs> uh, that was my three, but I'll make it my fourth also. <laughs> I just uh, – we had a good time. It's unfortunate that yeah. um, our videos haven't gotten to us. Um, we want you all to know that that is not a us thing. Uh, somebody else, the, the nation, was kind of responsible for that. And I don't want to take shots at them, but it's it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to get that footage back but um we still remember those moments and tailgating with all you guys and it was a lot of fun meeting all of you guys so dustin i'll let you give your shout out on that then yeah that was going to be one of mine also was our our tailgate scene you know we started out we always went into these like nervous and unsure and then we'd get halfway through during and afterwards and be like that was so freaking fun those people are awesome the food was so good this place is awesome i mean just some shout outs like Murray State when we started by the baseball and business building with Alden and Matt Greg, tailgater of the year last year, uh, two years ago, I guess. Met some cool people there. Uh, Houston game by the that North baseball lot with uh, Matador Mafia and yeah. that whole strip was really freaking cool and really a cool. lot of fun. Um, Texas game in the West lot with Santa Claus, the Coca Cola people. Uh, and then a couple baseball guys there. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, in West doctor. Virginia. What's that? Paint doctor. Paint, we doctor. Got that yep. paint doctor as well. Yep. And then West Virginia over south of the track. Uh, those people are pretty diehard over there also. Uh, lots of good stuff there from those folks. Um, yeah, lots of great tailgates and times and shots taken, beers drank with lots of good people. Yeah, that uh, we had to give that a shout out. It was just a lot of fun, a lot of beers, a lot of shots, a lot of good food, a lot of great people. And that's what we knew. That's what we wanted yeah. this to be was getting to meet those people. And so we had a good job. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to share all of those uh, fun interviews, questions and stuff with you guys. But who knows? Maybe one day we'll get those videos and be able to post them for y'all to see. Uh, maybe one day. All right, Dustin, let's uh, move on to your third moment of the season. What do you got? My third? So moments were a little tough for me. I didn't like know where to go with these. But my third is going to be the field rush after the Oklahoma win on senior night. I mean, your first time to beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same year. Like a lot of these students and some even some young fans haven't got to experience that many games like that in a field rush. Yeah. Um and me and you know personally that's not how Oklahoma games usually end up. That's how they go. 
that's how the Oakland, but that's not how they end up. So that was really cool, especially for those seniors. So that was awesome. Yeah, I like that. My third. We were on the be, field. Yeah, yeah, we we were. We went. That, that, that brought that out of us. So um, my third moment is uh, Patrick Mahomes being inducted into the uh, Ring of Honor in the Texas Tech Football Hall of Fame. Uh, it was not a game that we enjoyed, but it was a really cool experience to, yeah. to see Mahomes back uh, full crowd for halftime. You don't get that often, um, and nobody was going to uh, get a drink, go to the bathroom during that time. Uh, we were all watching uh, him, and as much as it pains me that we didn't win more with him, it's still really cool to have this amazing yeah. of a professional quarterback that heralded from Texas Tech, yeah. and so it was just a really cool uh, cool experience to, to be there for that and see that. Uh, my number two moment is going to kind of be what your number three moment was, is, is Trey Wolf walking off Oklahoma in overtime and storming the field, just kind of all of that combined. And like you said, you know, we don't have a lot of wins over Oklahoma. Oh. And uh, to be able to do that at home, to end the season, to get that seventh win, to beat UT and OU in the same year, just a lot was really fun. Had a lot of good beverages that day, and so you know w w was just down for whatever and down to yep. down to go rush the field, and so yeah, yeah. rush the. And field. I know you just you haven't got to rush the field that much in your no. Texas Tech career. No, West Virginia and, was pretty much it. And I have, so I was like, no, we're yeah. going for you. <laughs> yeah, and then we got to take a picture with Tony Bradford, yep. one of our uh, goaded seniors. So yeah, that just a fun night, fun win. So that definitely makes my top moment said. I think we're going to have similar top moments. Uh, your number one moment of the Texas Tech season. Oh, I'm, on, I'm on two. I'm on two. Oh, you're on two. Yeah, yeah. I started. My there, number so two, number staying two. with yeah. the Oklahoma game, is well, well, one, let me set it up. The first quarter was super terrible in that game. Super bad. Yeah. And Brooks were already making plans to go leave at halftime or yeah, maybe before. <laughs> here we go, get warm. <laughs> and it's very, very cold that game. But my number two is that second quarter comeback, and really the second half of the second quarter. That yeah. comeback to go from down, I think we're down 20 almost, something like that. I don't have it right six, in front of me. And then to be all of a sudden get touchdown, interception, touchdown, field goal at the end. Like you went from down real bad, looking terrible, to down one with tons of momentum at halftime. Totally shifted that game, that locker, and that stadium. Like, huge swing and turn of events yeah so that's why yeah. that second quarter comeback is and it kept us there <laughs> it's hard it to do <laughs> it kept us there um i spent a little more money on the drinks there in that you know half and third quarter but oh, yeah. yeah appreciative of that comeback yeah you don't have the field storming or anything without that second quarter so uh yeah pretty good moment so your number one moment now probably gonna be the same here texas. it looks like the field rush of texas and the yeah. walk off from trey wolf there overtime victory Bijan fumbles we've talked about that already and i mean that was the first big moment of joey mcguire era yeah. in this team of this year and this student and fan base getting a rush the field against them like that was also a crazy come fourth quarter comeback like you were yeah. down two scores in that game 17 points yeah. if i'm forgetting remembering correctly um so another comeback Big win, big overtime win against big bad team from down south. Thinks they're better than everybody. And so that was – and then the, the field storming 
Yeah. It encompassed the whole field. Yeah. There was a sea of red on that sucker. It was amazing to see. Yeah, that's that's mine. Trey Wolf walking off Texas in overtime. I mean, just what can't you say about that game? Joey McGuire comes in in his first year, beats Texas at home, something he hadn't done since 2008 in the Crabtree catch. Like, you get to have another moment just there watching him, and you're not going to have too many more moments like that. You know, we we know Texas is leaving for uh, another conference soon, and so you don't know if you're going to get another opportunity to play them at home, and you – uh, and you win in that fashion and overtime with like what you said, you had to come back. You had to come from behind to win that game. Um, you had to make the plays. You got the fumble. It was just a really fun game, a really cool experience. And yeah, the whole field was covered. I mean, it was just yeah. completely See, covered. Right. We didn't rush that one. We took some good pictures though, had a good time, uh, enjoyed our pre game tailgating and all that stuff. It was a great day. It was a great day to be a red Raider definitely takes the top moment of the season. Our last top five, and uh, it's probably going to be a little similar to some of these other f- five, but let's let's go ahead and rank the top five wins of the first season of the Joey McGuire era, Dustin. Uh, well, again, starting with you with number five, your number five win of the Joey McGuire era. I wonder if we can get these exactly correct together. Uh, yeah, well, we'll find out here. <laughs> <laughs> number five, West Virginia. Boom. Yes, 48 to 10, ass kicking, JT Daniels turning the ball over left and right. You handled business like no other. And that was, like I mentioned in my moments, like it's very satisfying as a tech fan to get to sit back in the stadium or at home and get to watch that and just enjoy a, a nice win. Yeah. Yeah, and my reasons kind of for it were was the the future, the look into the future, the Baron Morton oh, game, yeah. where you know he was completely healthy, he was dealing out there. The offense was moving the ball, your defense was playing great. Um, yeah, it, you don't have a lot of easy games, and to have an easy game like that, a dominating win with a quarterback that you think is your future, uh, was definitely nice. So let's see if we can keep it going. I'm I'm curious. This is where I think we might have the mix up. Um, my number four is Houston. Yeah, let's go. All right. <laughs> my number four is Houston. Um, and maybe it would have been higher if Houston had a better season. Um, but yeah, I think it gets four here because they ended up kind of being a struggling team this season. But at the same time, you got a big overtime win against them. You had to yep. fight back from a couple pl- times where you thought the game was completely lost, yet somehow. Came away with a win. So, yeah, Houston number four for me. And kind of like you always say, like, you know, they, they they haven't ever, like, beat us and overtaken us. So, like, to yeah. keep keep them in their place yeah. is is nice, especially when they're coming to the Big 12. They're yeah. – you recruit a lot of kids out of Houston, and you got to recruit against them directly. Yep. So, to keep them in their place is real nice. All right, let's see if we can keep it going. Number three. Number three, Iowa State. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Huge defensive yeah. game, but the most important thing in that, you clinched the bowl. Yep. Yep, you clinched the bowl. And like I kind of mentioned before when I talked about this win, is Iowa State was a program that kind of had surpassed you. You know, Kind of got that Matt Campbell monkey off your back. Yeah. And you beat them two years in a row now, and it kind of feels like you've reestablished yourself as maybe – uh, you know, 
ahead of them in the Big 12 conference, which is nice because that was a team that you didn't want to see pass you. That that hurt once they felt like they passed you as a program. So, yes. And then number two, Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. OU. OU number two, a team he hadn't beat at home since, what, 2010 uh, when Taylor Potts was your quarterback. Uh, a team that, you know, you just – not haven't haven't even had real competitive games with they've just no. kind of blown you out like even you have that Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield crazy one where you were still in it at at the end but you knew you weren't gonna get a defensive stop to give you a chance to win that one at any time so uh to get a win over them in what was a fun electric entertaining game um and to end your season definitely has to has to be up there and like I've mentioned like once Oklahoma games become shootouts, we don't usually feel good because we know how these end. Yeah. <laughs> Seen that story many times. Seen that, that story. So obviously, number one, the Texas game. This is an appropriate time to do the home appropriate time. everybody. An appropriate time. No appropriate time to beat, like we just mentioned in the last segment, like to beat Texas, who they, they you know, they're riding high. They got the best running back in the nation. They love Sarkeesian. They like his, they have Queen, big time Queen Ewers and all these receivers. Yeah. And, you know, they're big bag Texas coming in thinking they're hot shit this year. And that was Joey McGuire's first big moment and win. And the fans got to feel it too and get on the field. So I, and like the comeback was crazy. Like it was, there was lots of crazy moments in that. And your defense second half just, flipped the script and stood up strong and held them like barely over a hundred yards. Yeah. It was the first time you could tell things were different. Mm -hmm. Really. You know, you had, you had moments yeah, in that you feel it like, sure. where you battled, but it was the first time we were like, wow, a, a, a Wells team just kind of folds and, yeah. and loses that game by a lot. Cliff team, you know, probably doesn't withstand that, you know, doesn't have yeah. the defense to get the stops for that. Um, you were, able to get the stops on defense. You were able to make the plays on offense and, and do everything you needed to win that game. And like you said, a team that had Quinn Ewers, a guy you were battling for, and this big, bad Texas team that's spending all this money on these players and and leaving because they obviously think that they're better than you. And just to be able to get that win over them just solidified, all right, we made the right hire. Uh, we've got the right guy. And this team is going to battle. They're going to fight. And they proved all of that in that game. And You're that's right. a win that we'll be looking back on for a long time. And so, yeah, definitely the top win of the season. So those we just kind of wanted to go back, reflect on some things from this past season now that we've had a little bit of time to to think about it and to appreciate what that 7-5 and five season meant. So hopefully you enjoyed those top five moments um, before we get out of the football segment and head on over to basketball, some transfer portal and roster news. Um, a guy we did talk about a lot here, Donovan Smith, has announced that he intends to transfer yeah. or hit the transfer portal. So real quick, Dustin, your thoughts on Donovan tra transferring? Yeah, not surprised that at that news. If I've said it on here, maybe I've said it to a lot of people. If he wants to play quarterback <clears> – <throat> He's got to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah. Because there's a chance Shuck comes back. Baron Morton looks like the future. We kind of gave it to him. There's a kid, Jake Strong, coming in next year. Like, we love the utility Donovan Smith type player, and we like love how he filled in for us this year. But 
overall body work as a quarterback and a reading defenses and throwers, he's just not there yet. Yeah. And his athletic ability and running is great. Um, it also became predictable against us this year. Um, so that kind of flamed out for us a little bit, but you know, if he wants one at that path for himself, yeah, it's going to be, have to be somewhere else, you know, at a Bowling Green, Western Kentucky, one of those kind of tight places. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is a rumored thing with our former interim head coach and offensive coordinator, Sonny Cumbie. Um, so I'm not surprised by it. And his dad's not on staff anymore. His dad left to go to the yeah. NFL this last year, so he doesn't have a, like a tie keeping him here. So, but nothing, no, you know. I know we, we weren't huge fans of him necessarily as a quarterback and th- thrower of the ball mostly, but I mean, loved what he did for us and his heart and great competitor and wish him all the best, obviously. Yeah. No ill will towards him. It was kind of one of those mm-hmm. things felt like the writing was on the wall. Once he lost that starting job, you know, and yeah. it became Baron. And then when Baron got hurt, it became Shuck. Like you just kind of know there's too many mouths to feed in that room. And he's a, um, despite some of our criticism, he's still a very good quarterback. Like he's still, he won you that Texas game. He won you Houston. Like he's won, beat Mississippi state. So, you know, the potential is there. Um, he just needs maybe the right place and the right opportunity to, to really bring all of those talents out of him. And, you know, Texas tech might not be that spot, but appreciative of, um, his effort and he could have pouted and everything like that, but he still came in and contributed, uh, in those quarterback packages. And, and so you just kind of seen a lot of the character of him. And, and so he's a guy that, you know, I don't root for a whole lot of guys once they leave Texas tech, but he'll, as long as he to go oh, somewhere sure. outside of the big 12, um, I'll be, I'll be watching him and rooting for him to do well, wherever his next stop. There's also be. like, I think I heard this earlier today on, you know, Thursday, there's like 70 some quarterbacks in the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how like this starts, this stuff starts playing out. Cause there's some big names, the big name quarterbacks are out there. Um, including yeah, uh, JT Daniels. Yeah. yeah JT <laughs> Daniels again, uh, a NC state quarterback that we played Devin Leary in the transfer portal, uh, Clemson's DJ. Ooga, <laughs> in the transfer portal. Hudson card. Uh, Huns and guard who we played pretty much everybody. If you're not the starter transfer now, um, grass isn't always greener, but Hey, uh, some big names returning for the red Raiders, uh, right there. People in the middle on the defensive side, Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford announced that they are returning for their final years. Uh, I think this will be their COVID year that they are, are, were given. So, Tony Bradford will be back for his fifth year. This will be Jalen Hutchings' sixth year. Dustin, a Cliff Kingsbury carryover as he was uh, here on 2018. So so we'll still get to have a guy who was on Cliff's staff next year. Uh, But obviously big news as they have been really solid for you um, over the past several years. And so to have them and their experience back is big. Your thoughts on that real quick, Dustin? That's They're huge, and that's huge. Yeah. And to have that kind of leadership for one is great. Um, but we were already, I've, I mean, I've said for the last two years that they are a huge piece of our defense because if those two guys up front kind of suck, our linebackers are going to get just eaten up. And, yeah. you know, Hutchings had a solid year, but Bradford, man, he really came on 
this year and made a lot of huge plays and a lot of sacks. Like to get him back and both those guys, like that's amazing. And like, you know, that Joey McGuire's biggest thing last year when he first came in and going forward is the line, O-line, D-line. Like the games are won and lost there most of the time. And so to keep two big experienced dudes that are good, like, that's amazing and good for the good for next year's team. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have them back. Their experience will be leaned on and they're just, they're solid players, man. They're, they're, they're really good. They're not like the guy who's staying just to get a few snaps. Like they're, they're very good players um, that are going to be uh, key factors for you next season. So happy to have them back. And also they're just like best friends. I feel like they just, <laughs> they, they want to play another season together. And so it's just kind of cool to watch Come them. On. So, uh, and also just great dudes, just great but dudes yeah, to root for. So, just to go more in transfer portal stuff, like Tech hasn't had that many. And yeah. it's similar to last, look at last year, we didn't have that many guys try to leave either. And there's a few linebackers that you know just kind of look young guys, yeah, too too young and low on the depth chart to want to stick it out, and that's fine, but. There's not many out there. There's a handful of guys on there, and that's it. Whereas you're seeing like A&M, Mass Exodus, yeah. a lot of other SEC schools. Mass Exodus, I just saw in the Ole Miss one. They have over 10. Like they're in double digits of guys leaving there. Like there's lots of guys leaving lots of places, and Tech's not one of them really. Yeah. And that's a great yeah. thing. That your program, culture, coaching staff, strength staff. Yep. It's very encouraging to see these guys sticking it out, even some of the younger guys who might have not got the chance this year, but to stick through it and then fight, and maybe you'll get that playing time next year. One more other thing that I thought of earlier today that I'm glad I just remembered. I think another part of it is is that Matador Club and the NIL stuff is we have a team-wide NIL deal for everybody already. And so if you want to go transfer – at school XYZ that you're going to, that. you might not have that. And so that's a great, you know, money in the pocket deal for you if you're here. Yeah. And I think that definitely helps. We're yeah. playing the NIL game right. Yeah, I think so too. And so, well, obviously the portal is kind of always evolving and I'm sure names will end up popping up uh, from our side under the portal, but also with every person that goes in the portal gives us an opportunity to, add somebody from the portal so we'll keep notes on that and we'll obviously dive into the bowl game a little bit more once that game rolls around but wanted to touch on some of the things and do a official season recap after uh, the season has come to an end but uh, looking forward to texas tech taking on ole miss but we've got some texas tech basketball to discuss so let's go over to the hardwood and discuss a couple wins uh, for the texas tech basketball team All right, since we last spoke about Texas Tech basketball, they have played two games now. We waited to record this Thursday night so we could watch us face off with Nichols and what we thought was going to be an easy game. But uh, the game before that in the Big East Big 12 showdown, Texas Tech defeated Georgetown, the Georgetown Hoyas and Patrick Ewing and his massive self (laughs) uh, dusted uh, before that game when we saw Patrick Ewing and Addings meet. 
at half court. That was quite the sight. Patrick is just towers. That was definitely over. the was Aaron that. Judge, Jose yeah. Altuve meeting of the basketball minds because Mark Adams came up to about here. On, <laughs> I was like, these Giannis guys are the same viewing. species. <laughs> it was crazy. Crazy. Big ass dude. Big ass dude. But. Uh, we ultimately we defeat the Hoyas seventy nine to sixty five. It was a pretty Oof. easy game for the most part. Uh, then all of a sudden got really interesting there in the second half. Uh, but ultimately yeah. you were able to pull away and come away with a fourteen point victory. Uh, some stats from the game: Jalen Tyson, his kind of breakout game. He had eighteen points and nine rebounds. Davion Harmon, eighteen points, four steals. Uh, Daniel Bacho doing what he does: fifteen points and thirteen rebounds. Um, another notable stat, you only had seven points from your bench, but kind of looking back on it, Dustin, what were your, any takeaways you had from that Georgetown game? And um, just real quick, and then we'll kind of get into the nickel stuff. Yeah, I liked what we saw from Jalen, like you said there. Another great game from Pacho. Um, good to see that you had a 22-0 run, I believe, yeah. 24 or something like that, zero run in the second half or first half. I guess it spanned both, but good defense there. And then you gave up a 17 to ZR run yourself. So that wasn't great to see overall got the win though. Yeah. My, my thoughts exactly. You, you had the Jalen Tyson kind of breakout game where he looked aggressive offensively. He was hitting shots. It was nice to see. Uh, it was not nice to see you let Georgetown come all the way back in that game, but um, you know, the encouraging thing was you withstood that, uh, held firm, got the victory, ended up being a comfortable victory kind of at the end, but yep. you did have to sweat a little bit in that one. And then last night, um, Wednesday night, a game you had to sweat the entirety of, um, Texas tech avoids disaster in the 78, 70 win over the Nichols Colonels. um, Stats from this game, Pop Isaacs, 24 points on 5 of 6 shooting from 3-point land. Kevin O'Banner, 20 points. I think all of those came in the second half. Uh, had two th- huge threes there in the second half as well. Uh, Daniel Bacho, 14 and 9. And then Lamar Washington, 12 points off the bench, all from free throws. He was like 12 of 17 from the free throw line. Yep. Um, Dustin, Lots to kind of talk about with this game. It was a frustrating game. You were there. What were your thoughts uh, on this uh, narrow escape from the John Rothstein epitome of brutality tweet? Do you want my good answer first or my bad answers first? The Let's good get things into the bad, bad What do you Let's want? Get into the bad shit. Because I, I don't really have anything good to take away from this game other than Pop Isaacs, maybe. Okay, well, all right. Let's go good and cover that real quick. Pop, freshman. Showed out crazy hard. Five or six from three, 24 points. Put the team on his back. Put the team on his back. You don't win that game without Popeye Six. O'Banner's 20 points and three points. Three-point shooting was great. Bacho, again, great. O'Banner also talked about the bad stuff, though. Um, And obviously, like, Lamar's clutch free throws at the end. Like, there was a point Lamar was the only one shooting free throws towards the end of the game. And Nichols was trying to foul us. And Lamar was the third guy to touch the ball. And we fouled him. And the Nichols coach was pissed. Yeah. Because Lamar had just made like six straight. Like he was out of his funk. He was on now. And so like their coach kind of like, don't foul the guy that's been shooting 
for the last couple minutes and has made everything. And got so comfortable that was there. great. Um, any more good stuff? Uh, I mean, I was impressed with Lamar. I think this is the first time he's gotten he played a lot great of defense too. Yeah, I thought I thought he's kind of maybe this was the game where he took a step, and you're going to see a lot more minutes from him because some of the other guys that you can't rely on. Um, but yeah, I thought he he definitely stepped up, and although all of his points were free throws, they were big free throws there at the end. So, uh, and he made some nice passes. Like he he definitely was able to create some offense. So, um, I was impressed with him, and yeah, Pop was great. Pop Pop is proving that tweet to be completely wrong uh, every every game since like those 24 points just clutch threes the confidence that he has he's really fun to watch uh, I'm, not also, a big, not, I'm not a big jersey guy but i would i'm thinking about getting a pop jersey just he's you can so tell there was something that clicked in him second half because he got a couple shots blocked and he has a slow like <clears throat> catch and release and you could tell something clicked second half. It's like, a funky I, little shot. Yeah, I gotta speed this up to get it. And he was, and he did, and he was still money. Yeah, yeah. He had those two like back to back threes there, where, where like were huge because he hit a three. Nichols hit yeah. a three, and then he comes back and hits another three. Like, yeah, I you you do not win this game without Pop carrying this team, and for a freshman to do that, that was impressive. Now let's get to the bad. <laughs> let's get to the bad. Um, lots of bad here. Um, where to start? I guess I'll go here since it's the first thing I'm looking at. You missed 17 free throws. That's not good. Bacho went like two for seven or two for nine. Lamar was like 12 for 17. Um, like I said, you missed 17 freaking free throws. That's the only way you were in this game to begin with. Um, thank God you hit 20 plus that you did because Nichols wasn't getting there and getting that points off that. So you were making stuff up for there. So luckily you hit him down the stretch and in the last five, six minutes. But like Bacho had many and ones or bonus points that he could have added on there. Same with Lamar early. So there was the first bad thing. Um, yep. Second bad thing, and I've just seen this getting floated around. Man, your turnovers are terrible. You're averaging 15 and a half turnovers a game which is not good. I know it drives no, Steve Green nuts to have, have dumb stuff like that. And you had a lot of dumb turnovers last night. Uh, and those are the ones that, that suck. Like literally just bringing the ball up the floor and letting the guy behind you steal it. I'm looking at you, Kerwin Walton. A couple other guys just like literally like threw it to the other team. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. those are frustrating. Some of you want to go in on that turnover stuff a little bit. Yeah, it's just lazy. It's it's lazy passing. It, it's yeah. there just doesn't look like there's a confidence in this offense right now. Like for whatever reason, Kerwin Walton comes in and he does one turnover, and that's like the only stat he records. Uh, Demarion Williams was a turnover machine, four turnovers last game. Like everybody's turning the ball over. There's not there's no care or protection for the ball. Like from no. even the guys that you trust, like Kevin O'Banner, who have been here, who are veteran players. He's turning the ball over. Yes. Just, there, there's Butter, just Butterfingers this, O'Banner. Dude, a, a five-year-old would be able to slap the ball out of his hands right now. Like, I don't understand what is going on. Are we putting so much focus on the defense, which isn't even all that great right now, um, and, and that we're just forgetting on offense? Because I know it takes time for these teams to gel, especially when you have so many new pieces. But, 
you know, you thought getting point guards was going to help with that turnovers, bring those down, but the turnovers have gotten worse and I'm not, and I don't really, you know, I don't know where to put the blame. The offense doesn't look good. There's moments in the first half where you're just like, man, is there anything different from last year to this year? All right. I don't know whose fault is Here's... it. I don't think it's Steve Green's. I, 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 no. My my hinge is that Adams is is kind of doing the the maybe Tuberville Neil Brown thing where he has his hand too much in the offense and isn't letting Steve Green really have his influence on the offense. I don't know what it is, but it looks god awful sometimes and it looks exactly like last year's team just watching a guy dribble dribble out the shot clock to make a bad pass or drop the ball and turn it over i i just don't understand it from time to time so, so i don't know what do you, you were you kind of segued me into my next tangent is and we've talked before about you know having the point guards and whatnot but one thing that bugs the shit out of me is how much Harmon dribbles the damn ball. Yeah. I call him. I was like thinking of nicknames for guys, and I got, (laughs) I was like, all right, you got can't play Kerwin, you got don't play Damarian, and you got dribble, 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 (laughs) dribble, 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 Davion. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. Like me and Kelsey are sitting there saying, like, his dribble, like, we love his leadership, and like sometimes, you know, he's pretty clutch most of the time, like his leadership. But dude, he, and I think that's where it starts. Is he dribbles way too much to start the possession, and then and then when yeah. you get back to it, oh well, back to dribbling a lot. And he's not like dribbling oh, yeah, to go anywhere. He kind of dribbles and gets stuck or backs out and or dribbles yeah. nowhere. He's dribbling. God, yeah, on. sir, dribble, sir, dribble, Davion. sir, dribbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and, but I mean, a lot of dudes on this team dribble a lot. Like, not as know, much as he, him. <laughs> Not as much as him, but if it does feel like our offense is just a lot of dribbling. His dribbles yeah. per game are way too high. Oh my god, they gotta be they gotta be through <laughs> the roof right now. Um, I'm gonna need then, Emory to get a stat for me. What's his dribbles per dribbles, game, dog? <laughs> yeah. Dribbles per possession. Um what's that number? I I don't know. There's a lot of frustrating things for this team right now. I mean, obviously, you don't have Jalen Tyson in this game. Sorry, we failed to mention that earlier. That was obviously something yeah. that we missed. Um, but I didn't think missing Tyson was going to be that big for you. Yeah, he's your but, he's your dog and your leader. Like he's we're going to go as far as he wants us to go. Because there were yeah. times even yesterday, and I mean, here's the bad thing I, I was going to say about O'Banner. O'Banner in the first half played terrible and had a bad attitude. Like yeah. on the bench and it during timeouts. Like, yeah, what were you seeing there? Because you texted me that, and I, I I couldn't really see from the TV, so I wasn't really sure. He's being a little crybaby, baby back B word. And like Tyson had to go to him and be like, and a couple other coaches did. Um, I can't remember what coach it was that went to him and had to have a heart to heart with him almost of like, Hey, you can't be like this and getting down and whatnot. Like yeah. supposed to be the super senior, you know, leader, leader of this group. The one starter from last year's team that's carrying just because things you know? aren't going your way. You don't need to get all, all pouty about it, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, we didn't see that from the TV, but I, I just a, a lot of big concerns were their head and like, okay, you were able to figure out how to win that that game. Like, you definitely didn't deserve to win that game. They they dominated you the entirety of it. You were able to figure out some things there at the end, hit some free throws uh, to win that game. But there's a lot of things to be concerned about on this team right now. I, I don't really know. I, I really don't know what this team looks like as long as like Fardaz is out, you you struggled rebounding. They kept saying that on the telecast, they're like, this is a terrible rebounding team. And yet they were killing you on the boards. Like they were. The numbers don't in. show that, but yeah, there is plenty of second chance opportunities for Nichols. And so that like a lot of frustrating things there, a lot of defensive lapses, like you're continuing to allow open shots, a lot of opportunities. The defense you had two guys on Nichols get yet. 20 plus. Yeah. Luckily, and that so, number four fouled out with a few minutes left. Yeah, that's was, probably the only reason he won was foul. That saved I mean, your ass. I mean, you would have kicked their ass if you could make free throws, but Dude, my I, God, still, I still don't know how we ended I walked out of there, and I don't know how we ended up with 78 points. Uh, we had 49 at the end of – at the 10-minute mark, like basically the end of the third quarter. How did we score almost 30 <laughs> Well, because I think so. Pop, Pop, and O'Banner went off down the stretch. Because I think Pop had about eight points, and then yeah. he had the rest of his so. down the stretch. O'Banner had the majority of his down the stretch. Um, the and fact then of course, that you Lamar didn't play until the last players. five minutes is the frustrating part. You didn't yeah. turn it on and feel it. It's frustrating to watch. And then the other frustrating thing, and, and you tweeted this out, but you know, I agree is I don't understand why you're not seeing more Eliza Fisher minutes. Like I think yeah, he let's can, talk. I would have, I would rather run through like a freshman and some of the like rawness of his abilities and kind of go through some of those struggles than put Kerwin Walton or Damarian Williams out there who are like literally negatives for you right now. Kerwin Walton is a negative for you out right now. He can't shoot the ball. He's scared yeah. to shoot it, and he turns the ball over, and I don't really know what he does defensively. And Damarian might be able to make a shot every now and then. I mean, but he made, he came the in at the end to make free throws, and that was it. Yeah, he, he's not shooting the ball well enough, and he's turning the ball over a lot, and I don't really know what he adds defensively, so I don't no. understand why you can't like try to go through some of the learning curves with I him. I totally I mean, I totally agree. I tweeted that out last night, and I was like, Emory, give us some stuff. Why is he not playing? I mean, you have a five-star freshman. I know he's really young, but still, g- give me him as your, I don't know, whatever, seventh, eighth guy, whatever number line he is, over. DeMarion, Kerwin, like, he only had two minutes in this Nichols game. Yeah, and I mean, they weren't great. Like, he, he turned the ball over, and he had a bad foul in those minutes, but – Man, he's not going to learn if he's not playing. But I still see, like, I mean, yeah, I want to just force him into it in these games. Like, especially when a guy like Jalen's out. Like, I actually see him. I know his – Emory says his, like, ball or off-ball defense is terrible, but I still see him try a lot on defense and, like, use his length, especially when he's on ball, like, and tries a lot more than those other guys do. Yeah. He do something there. Uh, I get he's not shooting great, but hell, Kerwin doesn't even shoot the ball. Demorian yeah, didn't shoot either. Why the hell is he playing? It's like you're going to have give more offensive upside with Elijah Fisher than you do these other guys. 
I'm not saying to compare him to, you know, Pop or Jalen. I'm comparing him to these other idiots yeah. that we're playing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I see I'm with more upside I, there. I see more effort. upside with him. And I would much rather try to put time into developing the young kid instead of the guys who have already, like, kind of are who they are. Like, I don't know if Demarion's yeah. getting any better. I don't think Kerwin's going to get any better. Kerwin's getting I worse. I would much rather lose Kerwin, like, hey, transfer out. And I would much rather, hey, let's let's try to fight through this stuff with Elijah Fisher and see what he is. Because I would rather have him on the team next year than lose him to the transfer portal because he's not getting minutes. Yeah. And I, I would think that's just that that's not a good look to be able to get that guy. Like, what does that look like for other high profile recruits? Oh, I'm going to come here and I'm going to like, I know you got to earn those minutes. And I'm not saying just because like we had a guy tweet us that saying, just because you have the, a lot of stars doesn't mean your minutes are going to be. And I agree with that. Like you got to earn those minutes, but how are you going to get guys with talent to come here? If they look at what he's doing and like, Oh, I'm only going to get two minutes a game and yeah. they're going to play like guys who aren't better than me over me who aren't actually impacting the game, that's that's where I find the frustration is like they're actually negatives and I would rather be yeah, having I'm, him learn. I'm totally with you on that, everything that you said there. And we're not even going to see any of his potential. Like, you know, we're fighting through like Pop, Pop turned the ball over a lot at the start, but we fought through those, some of those things because Ooh, we could Pop's see so so I don't know some frustrating things, but up next on the Red Raiders schedule is uh, East Washington comes to Lubbock on December thirteenth. Another Taylor, Taylor Potts night. Another huge uh, <laughs> opponent. Um, just kidding. If you get the joke, <laughs> I'm just sick and tired of uh, these bullcrap teams coming in to play us everybody else is playing like decent teams you know you look across the big 12 and we got plenty of good games coming up starting in january yeah no i just want some good non-con games i'm just a bitter season ticket holder who wants maybe that's why we're trying to make them look good maybe maybe (laughs) maybe but you know Hopefully this team can learn from some of these games, uh, you know, learn from fighting to win a game against Nichols and, and see what we can do. Who knows? That could be a game that we look back on that changed the trajectory of the season. Still a young team, a lot of season left, but some definitely things to, to give you concern. Any parting thoughts on basketball, Dustin? No, nothing there, man. All right. Well, um shot bets we uh we're we're taking a break on the shot bets until texas tech's bowl game comes back until maybe the nfl playoffs back on all that stuff so uh no shot bets for us this week so let's move on to our final shots our final shot from you this week dustin what you got i don't have anything else i mean i guess i can go back to kind of follow up what i did last week with transfer portal and coaches carousel but dion went to colorado Told you that probably wasn't going to yeah. happen, but hey, they're going to roll out the red carpet and do everything for him. I don't even have the money for it. They said it. <laughs> <laughs> the money. But like, hell, he said, he told his team meeting, he goes, hey, y'all either bust your ass. I'm bringing people with me. If you don't got think luggage. you're, you're going to cut it, get out. <laughs> I, love, I got luggage, and his name is Louie. <laughs> hey, there's my quarterback <laughs> back there. It's my son. But also, like, that's a great landing spot for him because yeah. USC, UCLA is out the door. 
and you're going to be one of the best spots to land in the Pac-12. And good for him, good for paying the people he wants. The best thing uh, I just saw today, his offense coordinator that he hired, uh, from a, he's like a, from a group of five team, I can't remember, Bowling Green or Western Kentucky, I can't remember who it really was, like the offense coordinator. And the group of five ran – the fastest offense at that level and D one all D one ran the fourth fastest offense, but he wants to go fast, which think about it at that elevation is going to crush some teams and they're going to start falling and cramping. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how they do. I, I Dion is a very yeah. intriguing coach to watch. Um, I'll definitely be probably tuning into some Colorado games. Very intriguing as there's still some conference realignment talks, like what if Colorado comes to the Big 12? But this is obviously, I think, another stepping stone for him. Um, yep. See what he can do there and uh, and then maybe use this to get to a bigger, better job. But yeah, definitely uh, interesting to see him do that, uh, to make that move. I uh, felt like there might have been some better schools to go to. Colorado, tough one. But, I mean, if he can turn that around, then he's got his uh, career made in coaching. Yep. Um, I'm going to, you know, my final shot will be, you know, I woke up at 8.30 on Saturday morning to watch soccer, Dustin. Hey, you're a better man than I am. You're a better American than I am. Because I did yeah, not. Just like- to watch us lose three to one to the Netherlands, um, you know, regret those decisions, but you know, uh, it was fun, you know, um, world cup is definitely entertaining. Uh, the squad had a bunch of young guys. That was pretty fun to watch, uh, kind of becoming familiar with them. And yeah, I think like a lot of the other podcasts, like part of my takes talking about, this was just, uh, to get our feet wet and it's all in on 2026 when the world cup comes to the United States of America. And, um, yeah, that 2026, I'm all in, I'm all in on it. I'm enjoying watching soccer. I think it, I'm, I'm starting to understand it a little more, finding it a little more entertaining. So who knows, maybe I'll become the new Arlie on this podcast talking. Soccer. How, okay, <laughs> random question. I just thought of maybe it happens this next world cup. How long do you think it's going to, do you think in our lifetime it might take till we see like, the U.S. in the final four of the World Cup. I think... We can't get I out think, of the Sweet 16. Yeah. I think, like, not knowing a whole lot, but obviously knowing that this was a young team that kind of overperformed what everybody was expecting them to, I think a lot of people were surprised that they even got out of the group stage. Um, I think 2026 is a great... A great chance to make that that would be like if you can't make it then i don't know if you really ever will but we'll see we're putting a lot of resources into u.s soccer you got the guy like pulisic who's like the the guy of the soccer team who had the goal of the tournament um and from what i've listened to and what i've heard we just don't have a striker like some of these other teams like they have their their you know guys who are gonna go score like like the netherlands had that dude who uh memphis who was just like Every time he hit it, it was going in. So you don't have a striker. You don't have somebody who's just like an automatic goal scorer, and that's kind of what your weakness was, was you just had opportunities that couldn't put the ball in the net in those opportunities. If you can find that guy, could be a good team. But also, right. apparently, our coach sucked. So okay, who knows? Who knows? We, was he like the Matt Wells kind of guy? 
Yeah, I, I guess I would say like a lot of people questioned his. Give me your roster. football reference or basketball reference for me. Man, um, well, that, that would one. be tough. I, I don't know. I don't know if there you don't is. Don't know enough a, either to kind of make. I don't that know happen. enough about it to make that comp. <laughs> Dang it! Let's say. Let's say. So who like I don't know. Is there a team that like has a bet? Like I don't know. Has better players that they could have played in situations that would have helped him, but he didn't play those guys. Hmm. Sounds like Matt Wills. No, yeah. Not really. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like like a Tom Herman type situation. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he had a lot of good four or five star kids that didn't really play him the right way. <laughs> maybe we like, don't even have four and five star players on that side of the ball yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a comp for it because most coaches we'll have play to ask Harley players, on that but... one. Yeah, that would that would be where Arlie wins his expertise. But hey, World Cup, it was a fun run. Uh, it was a fun run. Got up, had a bloody mary. I, I, I called it my rally mary. Um, and as soon as I made my bloody mary, we scored, and I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" And Did you make we another one? Well, before I could finish mine, they scored again, and I was oh. like, "Oh shit!" So you know, oh well, we tried, mm-hmm. we tried, we had a good time with it. But uh, any thing you got for us before we head out of here for the week Dustin nothing else guys all right well that will do it for us this week a little extended episode as we wanted to dive into some football give some you know postseason thoughts rank some things have a good time with the ad and then also you know a scary basketball game that we kind of had to dissect but to catch everything that we're doing here throughout the rest of the basketball season before the bowl game you got to follow us, follow us on Apple, follow us on Spotify. Give us those five star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Also follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Also give that YouTube channel a follow. 199 subscribers. Somebody go be that 200 subscriber. Screenshot it, send it to us. Maybe we'll send you a shirt. Who knows? I think we still have a couple left over. still got shirts. We'll, we'll figure something out, uh, but come on, get us over that hump. Uh, follow that YouTube channel. Uh, but thanks for listening to the episode. Hope you liked our top fives. Uh, if you have your own top fives, tweet us. Send let us it know to what us. we missed. Yeah, let us know any plays, uh, moments, or stuff that you thought might should have been in our top five. We like all of that, um, but we will catch y'all next week. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.